0: Hey,
1: it's Chris, and welcome back to the After Party. I gotta say, somebody asked me what happened to the theme song. You know, I don't know what happened to it, but it's back. There you go. And maybe I'll make you sit through it every time. I don't know. You can always fast forward. Either way, uh... You know, there's a lot to talk about today. I want to fill you guys in a little bit on several things going on with the channel, just kind of personally, because I want to connect, you know, this is my chance to connect in a different way than just tech and just Apple stuff. There will be Apple stuff. We will get to it. It's coming up. Um, But first, let me tell you a few things. First of all, if you want to skip around, I haven't quite mastered podcast chapters yet. I know there's software to do it and stuff. I just haven't delved that far in but i do try to link up the timestamps, just like i do in the videos in the description so at least you have a rough idea of the most interesting part of the podcast so you can skip around if you want to not gonna hurt my feelings i just want to follow up uh real quick though on the last episode if you'll remember we recorded i recorded you listened together it was we we tried out um using the internal mics on the 26th I always say 2016, on the 16-inch MacBook Pro. And because it's got podcast quality mics, supposedly we tried it out. And you guys gave me some feedback. And I listened to it myself, obviously, after when I was editing. And I just want to follow up with that and say, I think for the most part, the feedback was pretty good. There was at least one part where I was tapping on the keys because I was moving around, you know, using the mouse and hitting the arrow keys and stuff. And it made a really loud pop. And even though in the editing program I turned it down it still when I was listening back kind of scared me in the middle of it and so I wondered about that so that's something definitely to keep in mind if anybody else out there is gonna be using it uh, to record audio or podcast stuff and honestly so if I felt like it was pretty good it was impressive for what it was kind of like I suspected I wouldn't replace my actual podcasting setup with it but yeah if I was in a hotel and I need to do the after party and I didn't have all my stuff, my normal stuff, then yeah, I would use it and I think it'd be okay. Somebody told me that um, it it sounded a little bit too quiet compared to their other audio stuff, whether it was SiriusXM content or just other podcasts where they had to crank it up a little bit. And that's probably understandable or I could have turned up the gain or something. But either way, uh, I think it was an interesting experiment, but we're going back to the usual setup. Can I just mention, um, this has nothing to do with tech, but I've been waiting for a long time. I've, it's finally time for me to get some new shoes. I'm not a sneakerhead. I couldn't tell you what the latest you know, drop is going to be on sneakers, the app, and you're not going to see me posting whether I took the L or not and got, got what I wanted or didn't. That's not me. But at the same time, it's time for me to get some new shoes because my other one's kind of falling apart. I used to have this really sweet sponsorship. Deal with this company that would send me all kinds of stuff. I could pick out some clothes and shoes and and gear and all kinds of stuff. And that ended. And it was a good thing that it ended. That might sound like a really awesome setup, but you know, the the sponsor this has been it's been a while. I'm still living off of some of the old stuff though. But it just wasn't a really good fit for the channel, it turned out. You know, they were more like outdoorsy stuff and we were tech and they did house some tech. And they had some everyday carry stuff. And either way, we both kind of moved on, and it was fine. But now now I have to be, like, a normal person. And I don't mean that in, a, in an offensive way or insensitive way. But I got to get some new shoes. And I've been thinking, what do I want to get? And there's two things that come to mind. And, you know, I know I'm late to the party. Three years too late. But I'm going to get myself some Adidas Ultra Boost, I think. been hearing about them, uh, like the way... It looks, you know, I picked out some black and white ones for my Stormtrooper look that I like, and so just got paid here recently, and I'm going to get those ordered. I've never spent 180 bucks on shoes, and I hope that it's worth it. They say they're the most comfortable shoes ever, and so that's what I'm going to test. Because, you know, I'm not, I used to do some jogging. I'm not really doing that right now, but, yeah, I want something that's, that's nice. It's an upgrade from previous sneakers. So I am leaning that way. I haven't quite pulled the trigger, but I will shortly. And then I'm also looking at maybe some Allbirds. I've never gotten Allbirds, obviously. You know, they're sort of like the Silicon Valley shoe, and they're made from different materials, and, and depending on who you are, you might think those are stylish, or you might be like, whoa, those are ugly. And I don't really care either way. I think that they're kind of cool, in terms of like, just from a techie perspective, almost, you know, from the materials and they're just different. I like different. I don't always, you know, like to do mainstream. So I got a little bit of the mainstream side of things and then do something a little bit different too. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be an experiment. And then, you know, I'm going to stop because I'm not a sneaker guy and those will probably last me for a very long time. The last pair of sneakers that I had, I'm just, I've totally worn them out. They're like, they're peeling apart. And so, yeah, I'm not the kind of person who's probably gonna just buy a new pair of shoes every week or month or whatever and put them on the wall. And I don't have anything against someone who's doing that. It's just that's not me at the moment. Unless, <laughs> unless the Ultra Boosts are amazing and I become a collector, but I don't think so. Um, I just want to give you guys a little insight into like. The camera equipment that I shoot with. Now, I don't want to get technical or anything, but you guys know if you follow tech stuff, you you know people are shooting on all kinds of different rigs. Some people are shooting on forty or eighty thousand dollar camera setups, and, and some people are really all about Canon, and some people are all about Red or Arri Alexas. Uh, there's just every it runs the gamut. You kind of get some familiarity with a certain company or Sony. Sony. Some people are really into Sony. And you get familiar with something, and I guess, in a way, you sort of fall into a rut because you've learned, you know, the system and the lenses and whatever. And someday, I'm sure I'll I'll upgrade my gear, but I'm still shooting. I just want to give you some background. I'm still shooting on a Panasonic GH5 as my main camera. And the reason is I don't even know everything that that thing can do. And it's not a cinema camera. It's very much... I guess you would call it and I hate this word prosumer I really hate that but it's not really consumer but it's not really fully pro although a lot of people shoot pro stuff but it's more like indie stuff but but I'm still in the GH5 and right now my thinking is I am just trying to master and get better because I didn't go to film school so people take all kinds of routes these days when they want to be a pro youtuber and get paid to make it their profession some people do go to film school and then you have people like me I went to school for design and I learned Everything about cameras and stuff from scratch, and uh, so I, I knew nothing about apertures and ISO settings and ND filters and stabilizers and what was the best tripod company and Boca. Although I'm aware that the official pronunciation is bouquet I believe, but I'm gonna say Boca because that's what everyone says and you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, it's just the blurry background. I didn't know anything about anything. Audio, I mean, getting good audio, white balance, the list goes on. So lately, I feel like the beginning of this year, I really want to nail all of that stuff. Learn, learn it inside and out. Instead of just, yeah, capturing whatever it is that I'm talking about and, and getting footage that shows you what I'm talking about on the YouTube channel, doing it in a more creative, uh, a better way. And so what I'm trying to do before I upgrade the camera gear and there's a whole new set of things that I don't understand. I gotta learn and get better at. I just wanna fully master this camera setup. So on the one hand I'm really proud because I feel like the footage, especially lately since the new year, it's getting a lot better. Um it was awful on the MAC gaming video because uh I was white as a ghost. I didn't know what I was doing with the white balance. Got myself a white a color balance card. Everything's looking a lot better in that department. But I've also been following This guy, Daniel Schiffer, on YouTube. And I bet if you go to his channel and then you look at some recent videos, especially the intros, you'll see, you know, yeah, Chris took a little inspiration there. And what I like about Daniel and his style, not that I'm out to copy him or anything, but you learn, you know, whatever's out there, you learn from it, is that, first of all, he's a camera dude. He's not a tech person. And I don't want to at all copy somebody else in the tech space for sure or learn too much from them because yeah, I want in the tech space, I want us to have our own kind of feel. So there's a lot of handheld stuff. There's a lot of, you know, less autofocus, more manual focus and being creative with camera movements and editing. And that's more for me because I am more of a creative person. uh, When I, you know, design, I like design. I like design in the past. And I like, I like looking at good design. Now, I don't really necessarily like being a designer anymore. I would definitely wouldn't say that. But the creative part of, of the design, that stuck with me. And so I still like getting in the edit and doing some cool in-camera stuff and then taking it out to the editing uh, side of things and just being more creative, presenting stuff a little bit with more fun and flair. So all of that to say, I do shoot on GH5. My, my favorite lens is, uh, well I got a Sigma that I really like that's, that's really nice and sharp but doesn't have stabilization, but I really like the Nocticron lens, which was basically the highest quality Panasonic lens that you could get for the GH5, even though it's a micro four thirds. That's an an amazing lens. Really well, uh, really good low light shooting. I guess the reason I'm kind of telling you this, number one, you don't have to have the most amazing, mind blowing equipment to make mind blowing, amazing, good content. And I'm not saying that my content is amazing or mind blowing, but I do feel like it's really improving. And I just thought it'd be fun to share that I'm using this camera that's several years old now. And I'm content with that until I master it and then I'll upgrade and then I'll move on. Uh, let's catch up though a little bit on one of the videos that came out this week. I kind of like to talk about the recent videos, give a little insight and behind the scenes thinking on uh, what was going on. But I put out a video on basically free stuff that Apple's giving away. A lot of people are like, that was way too clickbaity of a title and because i thought i was going to get a free ipad or something well i mean obviously you know ipads aren't free but i wanted to sort of talk about yes there are free things that you get when you get a mac you get free apps for instance and there's a whole list you can go look some people disagreed with me on some of the items that i listed and obviously yes and i mentioned this but i mentioned that at the end I, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning there's no such thing as a free lunch "Quote unquote." So, please, I understand that, you know, the free, quote-unquote, free stuff that you're getting is subsidized somehow. You bought a really expensive iPhone or something. I know, I know. I got so many comments about that. Trust me, I know. And I did cover that at the end of the video. But it was a fun video for me. And the reason that it was fun is because it was a little bit different. The channel, I feel like, has, you can kind of get in a rut. And for for better or worse, we've been pushed sort of into a rut by by the algorithm and by what people wanna watch. And sometimes you can get to be too involved with the algorithm and what has worked in the past. And so sometimes I feel like we get in a rut where we're talking about apps or tips or settings and that stuff's all good. It's, it's interesting, there's a reason why people click on it and subscribe to our channel for those things. I understand that, but it's nice as the person putting out the content to do something a little bit different. Somebody said, oh, it looks like you're running out of content ideas. Well, no, that's not the case at all. Actually, it was just a bit of an experiment doing something different. I'm glad that it did pretty well in its first week. People seemed, for the most part, to enjoy it. And that's cool. I mean, I planned this thing like you wouldn't believe. It all happened in one day. From the idea, to the shooting, to getting the B-roll, and editing, and publishing, it all happened in one day. And I woke up, I wanted to do something different. I knew that I was shooting for around an eight minute video. I'd have it so timed out, so worked out, the timing, that I knew I wanted about 20 seconds per main thought. And if you go through, and I, every point that I mentioned, it's about 23, maybe you know, 19 to 25 seconds. I really nailed it there. And it's funny, because I know, if I'm gonna cut something down to a certain amount of seconds, let's say I'm gonna, I know that I'm gonna want you know, 30 seconds about this whatever topic then i know that i actually need to talk in front of the camera for about a minute double whatever it is that it's going to be in its edited form i don't know why that is it just works out that way for me personally i think my personality and whatever and then by the time i trim off all the fat and the boring stuff hopefully get most of that out then it it ends up being about 50 percent less than what i talked about on camera So anyways, I came in and I nailed it. I had a list of the stuff I want to talk about. It was pretty loose. It wasn't like fully scripted. And I don't do things too scripted anymore. It's more like a bullet point list. Some people ask about that. How do you come up with your content and how do you produce it and put it out there? Do you do a full script? I I don't. I used to. It's more about I know the topic enough that I can just sit down and talk about whatever it is, whatever that bullet point is for however long I need to. (laughs) So it works out really good that way. And it really cuts down on production time. And I just know there's a certain amount of ideas that I have and there's, you know, some are gonna be good and well received and some aren't. And it's just a matter of at a certain, maintaining a certain quality level, but turning out as many as I can and then getting the feedback from YouTube, the algorithm and from the audience to see what's sticking, what's not, what can I change, what can I do different? Okay, I should do more like this or I shouldn't do more like that. And it's all just a process. Oh, uh, by the way, speaking of new stuff, I've got an everyday carry video coming out. I know a lot of people do that, but I'm focusing my everyday carry video, the stuff that goes with me in my pockets or bag, whatever. I'm focusing mine on Apple users. I'm specifically tailoring it for Apple customers and people. So if you have an iPhone, an Apple Watch, AirPods, this is going to be a good episode for you. And I feel like it is going to be different than what everybody else has done. It's a whole category, like we do tech videos, there's people who just do everyday carry stuff. And so it's not something that I have ever done, I don't think, an everyday carry video on on the channel, but I'm excited about it. We got a theme, I just went to the PO Box, picked up some packages uh, for this video. In fact, I had this on the schedule to make, for several weeks, and then I'd come down to it, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to make this, but there's a few things that I needed to order in order to actually produce the video. And I finally was organized enough to look ahead, think ahead, get those things ordered. They're here now, and that is coming up this next week, and I'm really excited. I just wanna mention, too, speaking of being a little more organized, one of the reasons for that, and something I'm really getting excited about, is an app called Notion. And I actually heard about this from Jackson Hayes. He was the first person, I think probably on Twitter, that was kind of talking it up. Of course I knew about it, I'd seen it in the app store, but you know, when somebody that you are following whose content you enjoy, shout out to Jackson, because he does have some really awesome content, uh, talks about something like that, then you take it a little bit more seriously. I guess that's the whole point of influence online, right? But he talked about Notion and how he was using it, so I checked it out, and it's funny, because the first time I checked it out, I didn't really like it. And I think I uninstalled it, and it was a couple of months before I revisited it. But after I redownloaded it, I really got into it. And the reason I say it's funny is because I looked at some reviews, and other people had bounced out the first time and then come back, came back and really got into it, too. So I think that's sort of a pattern with Notion in particular because it does so much. It looks really good, and it was a little confusing to me at first because it did so much, and it was so different than just Apple Notes, which is the Notes app that I've always used, just because it was Apple, and it was secure, and private, and and worked good, and it was integrated. I could just tap with the Apple Pencil on the iPad, on the lock screen, get right into Note. You know, there was all these Apple efficiencies, but I'm so glad that I gave Notion another try because, wow, it's really cool. So in the past, you guys have heard me talk a lot about Trello. And I've been using that for a long time, too long almost, because it doesn't feel like it's changed much over the years. I ran into it when I was back doing, a, doing blog stuff, and I was a guest writer for Write Web. I don't even think it's called that anymore. It changed into Rewrite, and that was back when our blog was signed with Say Media, which I don't even know if they're around anymore. But anyways, the editor, Owen, was really awesome, got us into the system and showed me how they organize their content pipeline, and I was like, wow, that's cool. And I've been a Trello user ever since. Well, Notion can not only do the kind of Kanban boards like Trello does, but it can do spreadsheet stuff. You can import anything, anything almost, that's online content, from embedding a website to embedding a Google spreadsheet to uh, Figma stuff if you're a design person. Anything can go inside of Notion. I'm using it, obviously, for just regular notes. I'm using it as a mood board as I'm starting to think about my next studio space, That's just a little bit of a hint there for you. I'm not gonna say anything more right now. But mood boarding, so anytime I run into a really great studio shot from somebody else, something that I like, and something that I wanna be sure I don't copy, uh, you know, wanna be as original as possible, I stick that in my mood board. Um, I just, I love, there used to be this uh, app called WorkFlowy, and it was a type of outline app. And it was so cool, but it just had lots of flaws. Well, guess what? Not only can it do Trello stuff, it can do the workflowy triangle expandability outliney thing, and it saves me so much time from not having to copy and paste stuff because everything is just draggable. Um, I could just sing its praises all day. Notion is—it's been my obsession over the last couple days and weeks because it's so cool. So it's very possible that you're going to hear more about it from me on the channel soon, because that's that you know you guys know daily tech tends to be a reflection of the things i'm interested in and when i get interested in something then i talk about it on the channel because it's just authentic and it makes sense and i'm excited about it so look out for notion content check check it out yourself download it once delete it then download it again (laughs) right away so you can just get right into it but it's really great okay I guess that kind of counts as Apple stuff because it was an app that you can get on all your Apple stuff. But let's start moving into more of the Apple stuff. But before we get to the news and my ideas and comments on it, I just have to tell you, I've been having some problems with my AirPods Pro. AirPod Pros? AirPods Pro, I don't know. I'm gonna say AirPods Pro. One of them sounds like it's blown or something. It's rattling. It's my right ear, AirPod Pro. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound good. And I'm not happy about it. The thing is, I don't know how it happened. It, I just noticed it one day. I don't remember listening to music too loud. And if I had, wouldn't the other one be blown too? Uh, I don't know, it, it rattles around. Even when I'm just talking and there's no music, but it's in and I'm talking, it rattles. And when there's music, it rattles. It's so annoying. And also, I don't remember dropping it really or anything. I've dropped it you know, before. On the asphalt <laughs> once, and I talked about that in the video. I showed a little dent, but I don't think that should have done it. Knock something loose or something. I don't know. But here's the big problem: the, the the reason I'm upset is because I love them and I wear them all the time. I mean, all the time. Not literally all the time, but you know, sometimes I'm wearing it when I go to sleep because I don't want to wake up my wife. But I'm listening to an audiobook, so I'm not quite tired yet. I'm always listening to it during the day. Sometimes I listen. You know, when I'm connected to my MacBook Pro and I'm even for editing, I'll use it sometimes. I'll often use my AirPods Pro when I'm like shooting and it's just me, me and whatever device I'm shooting. I got some time for a podcast or, or some more audio book or music, hyping up, you know, before I'm talking on camera with some 116. <laughs> By the way, Holvi, if you haven't, if you need like some new music, check out Holvi. Uh, it's one of my new obsessions from Reach Records. If you like rap, I don't know if you do, but the, here's the really bad thing though: the AirPod Pros are backwarded till like March, right now, almost like two months. So even if I wanted to replace them, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do that. And I haven't checked in with Apple yet and said, hey, uh, you know, could you fix this? What would it cost? And the other part of that equation, well, number one, I didn't get Apple Care for them, so there's that. And I know you can because what is it, $69 or something to replace one AirPod? Or Maybe that was the last one, I don't know. But I do know, I tweeted about it, and somebody else said that they had been having the same issue, and they didn't know why. They didn't know what caused it. So I'm kind of monitoring the situation. Uh, I don't know, I, I've only really known of that one other person. I haven't really done a, a web search to see, are other people really having an issue? But, you know, AirPods are a great product. They're driving huge profits for Apple. Everyone's saying AirPods are Apple getting wearables right. The Apple Watch, that was cool, that was one thing, but AirPods are just taking off in a whole different way, specifically the AirPods Pros. With that noise canceling, with the redesigned form factor, people love them. And it's gonna be, I forget what they said, six billion dollar business a year or something, within a year or two or something. That, and that's why I'm so upset, because they're so good. I don't want it to be broken. If you guys have had any issues with your AirPods Pros, similar to that please let me know send me a tweet we have a contact form get in touch because yeah gotta get to the bottom of this okay apple news time the first thing that i wanted to hit today is that apple is said to be introducing universal app purchases for ios and mac os and on top of that they're also going to bring in-app purchases to watch os apps hmm You know, it's interesting. I just did a video this week, too, on notability versus good notes. It's the second time I've compared them because it's one of our top performing videos. It didn't do well right away the last time I did it almost a year ago. But in search, it went crazy. People are searching for this. The students, one of the comments was, you know, you're a student when this video gets you going. And I understand that. Uh, (laughs) I guess, you know, you're if you're a good student (laughs) if you did. And a lot of people were complaining, saying that you had to separately purchase notability or good nose or both i don't remember which one guys so much information goes through my brain for every video i almost forget it all immediately right after because it's just on to the next thing but people were mad though i could see in the comments that they had to buy the mac app separately and i don't know is that always the case i feel like i buy apps on one platform and get it on several others but maybe it hasn't been for the mac i don't know Either way, Apple is telling developers that it plans to add the feature in March. You know, we know some stuff's coming in March. We talked about this last week. And I'll just along with some other changes to the App Store to go with it. Okay, well, I guess according to the news, it looks like th- this wasn't available before. But basically, they're going to give app developers, which also means giving it to us, the consumers, the, they're going to give them the ability to distribute their macOS, iOS, tvOS apps as a universal purchase. So one single bundle and you know that's cool and it makes sense it's the unified purchase that's what we're going to call it buy once access everywhere who doesn't want that there's some technical mumbo jumbo that if you're not a a coder you're not going to care about uh, you know needing to use xcode 11.4 beta whatever I'm not going to get into that so the good news is i don't know if you remember apple recently introduced this thing called catalyst and it was going to let you develop an app on this platform and then share it you know like if you had an ipad app develop that, and then easily port that, share it over to the Mac. That's been kind of a mixed success uh, for the way people have implemented that. You know, we got the Twitter app back on the Mac. um, That was a Catalyst app. But by default, now, those Catalyst-developed apps are all going to support universal purchases automatically. So nobody even has to worry about it. Now, (laughs) here's something that's almost more interesting. In-app purchases coming to Apple Watch apps. So here's let me just read you, because it's kind of funny. Well, it's not meant to be funny, but I am laughing at it. What Apple's official statement was, to developers. But you take what you want out of this. They said, with the public release of watchOS 6.2, you're going to be able to offer in-app purchases directly in your watchOS apps, so users can access premium content, digital goods, subscriptions, and more, all right off the wrist. Of course, now that's the end of the Apple statement. We're back to Chris talking. Of course, you know apple just recently came out with the standalone app store for your watch and i haven't seen a whole ton of apps you know it's not like we got a wave of new apps that i've picked up on on the apple watch because of that but it's just really interesting the way that apple's wording this being able to offer premium content to people digital goods subscriptions which mm, that seems like a no-no to me (laughs) i don't want a subscription that's just for my apple watch at least nothing I could even dream up or think of right now at the top of my head. Maybe someone's gonna come out with something. People are always surprising me. The guy who d- developed Nano when I first saw that, the Reddit client for the Apple Watch, that was cool. That was amazing. I still wouldn't want to pay a subscription though for it. I'm subscriptioned out, to be very honest. But what does that mean? Premium content and digital goods on your wrist? I'm intrigued because I want there to be more app development and interesting content on my wrist. I don't know what that means. You know, a while back I was working with this company, I'm not gonna name who it is, but we had a phone call and we were talking about different, envisioning different Apple products and, and even coming out with a daily tech version, uh, branded version of these Apple accessories. But one of the things that I had dreamed up was an Apple watch that tilted a little bit on the band so that, you know, right now it's kind of a pain to hold it in front of you, straight in front of you. And I, I envisioned just a little bit of a band that twisted a little bit so that you could see the watch face a little better, scroll a little easier without twisting your arm all weird. And nobody seemed interested in that. But I'm convinced, though, that, that we need to make that. And so I wanted that watch band to happen, but it didn't. But I understand the Apple Watch. Apple's really focusing it towards health and fitness. That makes sense. I get it with the sensors. And that's yeah, a problem. People need to be healthier, and, and Apple Watch can help solve that. Got it. But for me... That's not even the main benefit for the Apple Watch. You know, I, I like the connectivity and messaging and, and all these things, but I tend to really get excited about the productivity apps and stuff. I'm excited about Drafts, the Notes app on my Apple Watch, for instance. And Apple Music is obviously amazing on the Apple Watch. In the last video, I recently made another video about Apple Watch apps talking about just you know the, the weather app that only is just for the Apple Watch. You can't get that experience on the iPhone, and it's, it's unique, and I'm excited about different kinds of apps for the Apple Watch. So when I read access premium content and digital goods, that gets me excited. That maybe some cool stuff's coming, and maybe as soon as March. I really hope so. But please, please, developers, no subscriptions for my Apple Watch. Second thing that I wanted to hit today was car key. This is, might be a new feature here coming in in the iOS beta. People have spotted it, and you know, beta stuff, it's in testing. It, it sometimes, mostly, I think oftentimes sees the light of day, but not always. Sometimes things get in betas and then Apple removes it before it gets launched publicly. So you never know. But wouldn't it be cool to use your iPhone officially, like have this as a feature to unlock your car or your Apple Watch? I would like that unless somebody unless somebody comes up to you in the parking lot and grabs your wrist and holds it up to your car at gunpoint or something, and they're in your car. You know, that wouldn't be cool. I don't know how they're going to permit something like that. Um, but the story says Apple reportedly added some code to the iPhone and Apple Watch to let those devices function as car keys. So the, the big gist, though, about that, the reason that that's cool is it's one less thing that you have to carry around, potentially. Now, I understand some people like their key fob, If you have a Tesla, yes, it looks cool. You can show it off. And people are like, wow, you have a Tesla. But still, one thing I don't like is a bunch of stuff rattling around in my pocket. And if I don't have to have a bunch of extra stuff, I don't want to. So you have to understand, when I say car key, it's, you know how uh, iPhone is spelled? It's lowercase I, capital P. They're calling it car key, like it's a product name. So it's spelled capital C-A-R, all one word, capital K-E-Y, car key. And the reference actually was to the car key API or application program interface. Is that what that stands for? I don't know. It's, it lets coders hook in and do things with it. The whole point though, is to allow your Apple devices to do everything that the car keys can do. So it would work with using the NFC capabilities in the iPhone and the Apple watch to do certain tasks. Cause I know some modern cars, they already use wireless communication to communicate with the key fob, to do things like unlock doors and start the engine. It's already happening, but let's just make it official and make it accessible for everybody. And we kind of, you know, you could look back and see it's coming. It was a patent for this back in like 2015. So uh, the way that it'll work is if you want to use it, you would hold your iPhone or Apple watch to the reader and it would work automatically without requiring face ID. So you want to get rid of all the friction, as much friction as possible. Just when you implement a new feature like this, it's just like starting a business. And often the best thing to do is just say, how can we eliminate friction? Like mobile payments, or payments in general on, on the internet. The companies that ended up winning that were the ones that made it as easy as possible. And you've probably seen this. Some companies require so much information, and it's page after page. And other companies require your name and your credit card number and, like, one other thing. your address, And that's it. Your email. That's it. And you can check out so fast, especially if you have something like 1Password or something that can just load your information in. So getting rid of friction, it's an important part of business, whether you're launching a business or you're just launching a feature for something that already exists, getting rid of friction. That's something I have to deal with. How do I get rid of the frictions in my videos? You know, people want to just get right into the information. They, if the intro is too long, that's too much friction and they bounce out. So get rid of the friction in your life and you'll win. That's where success comes in. So <laughs> the other thing, though, uh, aside from someone taking your risk and unlocking your car, is just there's questions about uh, cloning the car keys. You know, I guess hacking, right? It's another form. It's just another thing that's digital that can be hacked that's connected to the Internet. So, mm, yeah, I guess there's risks with any kind of technology, right? So the, the place that Apple's going to shoehorn this in is actually the wallet that's where this virtual key is gonna live. I guess that kind of makes sense. Where else would it go? You don't put your real keys in your real wallet, (laughs) but on the iPhone, that kind of makes sense. Now, it's unclear, even though it's in the beta, when this would actually be added. Maybe in iOS 14.4, but we don't know. Just for context, you know, people started looking at the code and found some references to uh, Apple's tracking tags, you know, Surely, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you understand Apple's coming out with a tile tracking alternative. Uh, but, you know, people were st- finding stuff about that back in iOS 13, and that still hasn't surfaced. We haven't seen it yet. So it could be a while if it even comes out. But it's interesting. There's another article that I thought was kind of interesting about Apple now starting to offer a service where they'll come out to your house to fix your iPhone, which is different than having to either send your iPhone away or go into an Apple store if you are lucky enough to live next to an Apple store. You know, there's no Apple stores in Africa, at least that's what somebody told me. I haven't done my research. (laughs) I shouldn't just quote that straight up. But somebody commented the other day because I was talking about Apple stores in a video and someone was like, we don't have any Apple stores on our entire continent. And so I don't know why, but that's maybe something that is coming in the future. But a lot of people, you can take all kinds of things for granted. I know first world problems, right? I have an Apple store or I don't nearby, but yeah, it's, it's a really a big convenience to have an Apple store. Although so many people can complain about, Oh, so crowded and the geniuses are either good or bad, whatever. So it's, it's cool though, that Apple's even thinking in this direction. Of course, of course, if it's Apple, there's probably, they're going to want to make money. They're a business, right? So what's good for you though, is good for Apple ultimately. And, uh, this is no offense to non-Apple computer repair shops, because I understand there's there's some places where you don't have an Apple store, and but somebody set up an unofficial shop that sells Apple stuff or will help fix your Apple stuff, um, and that's cool. I, I just personally, I don't like to take my stuff there myself if I can help it. When I'm traveling, I've had to rely on a shop like that, and I was glad that it was there. I I needed an Apple charger and they had it. Um, But it wasn't for a repair, but. Obviously, um, this is new, it's not everywhere yet. It's a test, it's a trial, I think. It's coming to only six cities in the US right now. So New York, always lucky there. San Francisco, Los Angeles, always lucky there. Chicago, Houston, and Dallas. But, uh, it's not like this is gonna be free either. You know, they're gonna charge to come out and help you out, but you know, there's situations where that's definitely going to be worth it. And some people are are just going to be like, forget it. I'd rather send it in. And I understand that too. Uh, The other thing though, it looks like, I think Mac Rumors is the one that discovered this, but it doesn't sound like every single product is going to be repaired. Every single product repair is not going to be covered. Let's put it that way. So maybe you can get your screen of your iPhone repaired on site. That could be an option. It depends on your location, but maybe you can't get a new battery. You see how it works. Some things are gonna be available. Some things aren't, at least as we're getting started here. The other thing is, it doesn't look like any of the software stuff is gonna be covered. But, you know, for software stuff, it's always gonna be helpful to talk to somebody in person. But for a lot of that stuff, it, it, you know, I talked about Apple support. Let me just mention real quick. Apple support on the phone, uh, usually I would say, hmm, how many times? At least seven out of 10 times. I don't even know about contacting that much, but 70% of the time, let's say has been really pretty helpful and good. There are times though when they haven't been super helpful and that's too bad, but you know, how are you gonna get 100% as a company? It's just, it's impossible. What I said was really awesome though, and people were asking me for the number, and I'm not gonna give it out, I'm gonna make you discover it yourself, but pro Apple support for, let's say Final Cut Pro, for the pro apps is amazing, it's next level, it's like the James Bond, I said, of, of uh, uh, customer service excuse me because it's so good they're they're just amazing they go above and beyond what I'm trying to say though is my experience with the pro app support teams have been that they're amazing and just because somebody can't be there in person that doesn't mean that you can't have quality good help that isn't going to get you where you need to be so I don't live in any of these cities <laughs> and I can't take advantage of this right now um, so I'm just gonna have to content myself with being able to reach somebody remotely, but it's not the end of the world. You know, that's it for my Apple news today, but I got something else I want to talk about. And it has to do with Elon Musk. I don't have a Tesla. I've never taken a ride in a, a spaceship with SpaceX. I guess that's not really what they're about. They just launch rockets, but you know what I mean? I've put no money into Elon Musk's current ecosystem. I'll just put put it that way. And yet he's interesting to me, of course, as an entrepreneur and tech stuff, you know, he's into tech, but a headline caught my eye, and I have something to say about it because it said, Want to work at Tesla? Elon Musk just tweeted he doesn't care if you even graduated high school. And it might be one of the smartest things he's ever said. I don't even have to read the rest of this to already have an opinion. Uh, we'll get into it. But you guys should know I did go to school uh, for design, like I mentioned, but I didn't graduate. And I'm kind of. I'm, I'm sort of proud of that because, <laughs> you know, still when I was coming up through the system, when I was getting going with college, people were still all about it. You needed college to be successful. That's just how it was. And it, just at that time, entrepreneurship was really starting to become a thing where people were considering entrepreneurs in certain circles be kind of like rock stars. And startup ecosystem was taking off in a whole different way and venture capital was flowing, and it was right around when I was going to be thinking about graduating, when it still wasn't very acceptable in society, and still really widely probably isn't, but to not finish college. It was just like, you can't be successful unless you got your degree, and so I feel like I was a little bit early uh, to skip the graduation, because I had already started one of my early businesses. It was a music-related business, in uh, design, I was doing some freelance design and I, I got married, and it just didn't make sense for me to finish the, the the classes that I would have been taking were pointless to me for that last semester, just utterly pointless. They would have added zero value to my life other than getting my degree. And I, I, my parents were probably like, What are you doing? You have a semester left. Why don't you finish that? But being an entrepreneurial minded person, it was like, I you don't know, it was kind of on to the next thing. And I, I really didn't ever regret that. And I certainly don't sitting here right now. And I'm not here to tell you don't graduate or don't go to college, that's not what I'm saying at all. Because for certain things, clearly uh, it makes sense for people to be very officially trained and and thoroughly tested and weeded out. And there are certain occupations where that's just imperative. But um, there are also plenty of others where it's really not. So this is just interesting to me. Leave it to Elon to say forget about even college, doesn't even care if you graduated high school. And that's interesting to me, too, because in high school, you know, I don't think I'm a stupid person, not even close. And I'm also not trying to be uh, too arrogant or anything. But but high school, like formal school, it wasn't really my thing. I didn't really click with tests and homework and, um, you know, and so to be able to. But yet I love to learn. I love knowledge. I absorb all kinds of knowledge every day from uh, every different form that I can. But needless to say, I was not a straight A student. I remember even all the way back into junior high, the teacher was so surprised. I I was sitting at, I had a grandma that had Alzheimer's and I invented just at home in my room, I don't remember how old I was, but junior high, this thing called the mini memory computer. And it was like a wrist worn thing and a headset thing that would help somebody remember the people in their lives and, and the stuff in their lives and not freak out when they don't know what something is. And so lo and behold, in class, we had to come up with, Uh, An invention. Well, I already had one because I had invented the mini memory computer. (laughs) And so I just put that into the essay or whatever. And it ended up being like the top graded thing in the class of this project. And the teacher announced it and everyone was shocked. It was like, Chris did this? And it's just to say like the school system, the way that it's set up, it it can be good for some people, but it's not necessarily a good fit for everybody. I'm just glad, I guess, to see a little bit of acknowledgement from other people. I'm starting to see a lot of people say I don't care if you've been to college or not. If you're smart, uh, then I want you on the team. That's pretty cool to me. It's a little bit of validation, and it's not for everybody, but for certain people, I just want you to know if you're listening and and you're like, oh, that sounds kind of like me, you don't have to fit into the system to be successful and, and do cool things and make a difference. And on the other hand, let's not leave anybody out. If you're all about school, And the more traditional approach, that's great. That's cool. I think we need both kinds of people in the world. I'm all about that. So the essence of this debate, which is really interesting, is for Elon Musk, he's saying it's about what you know. You're going to have to know how to code, for instance. You're going to have some knowledge that you're going to have to demonstrate. But it's about what you know and not necessarily how you learned it that actually matters in this equation to Musk. And that's pretty cool. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, I have no idea where we're sitting at time-wise, but I do know I need to get this edited <laughs> and out of here, out the door, soon. So, gonna wrap it up. Thank you for listening. I, I've really enjoyed um, spending this time with you guys and being able to connect in a different way. And I love seeing your feedback in the reviews or the tweets or uh, the submissions on our website. So, um, keep the feedback coming and. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next video, in the next podcast, in the next tweet, wherever and however we connect. Have a great week. Later.
0: Welcome to the other party at Eva. Where you know we getting and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gonna shine. And we are talking to the fans the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party at Eva. Where you know we getting and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gonna shine. And we talking to the fans it's the time, yeah. 12 and giving you the heat The review some crease you gotta, you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need, that you need. And it's a whole crew you yeah. gotta meet yeah. After party it's the place you gotta be you gotta and you can't really be the cuts for nah. Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality, you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the mom. Wanna cop something, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it Yo. Welcome to the other party, out of the when well, you know we gettin lit, it come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talkin' to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, got that vibe. When well, you know we getting lit, it come alive. And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. And we talkin' to the fans, it's the time, yeah.